Let's look tonight in Ephesians chapter 2, and uh, appreciate you coming back tonight, and hope you brought your Bible with you. Amen, Drew. And, uh, and uh, it's a, need to bring your Bible if you have one when you come to church. That way you make sure I'm saying what the Bible says. And uh, if anybody ever gets up here and starts preaching and what they're saying ain't what's in here, uh, well, first of all, if I'm here, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to, we're gonna, I'm going to look at Brother Nathan, I'm going to say, and he's going to turn this off, and then I'm going to say, hey, buddy, you need to just, uh, I'll probably start, ask somebody to testify or something, and then we'll, we'll just carry on. I believe it's real important that everything that comes from right here is straight from the Word of God. And, and so, um, it helps, though, you know, we have a hard time, the older you get, the harder time uh, you have remembering. Isn't that right, Miss Sheila? And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, so when you hear it, that's, that's one time, and then, then you read it, that's two times, and then as you go through it, and you'll, you'll memorize more Scripture that way than you, even, than you even realize. So Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to be, begin reading again in verse 1, and we'll just read to verse 4 tonight. Um, but if you're able and willing, would you please stand tonight? I'll respect the words of God. The Bible says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, Wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath raised us up, to, hath raised us, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for this night. Lord, I thank you for allowing me to stand and preach. Lord, I don't deserve to be here tonight. Lord, I don't deserve, Lord, to stand. I don't deserve to even open my mouth. But like Miss Addie sung, I'm thankful there was grace instead of justice. I thank you for this wonderful text you've allowed my eyes to read. I thank you, Lord, that this isn't just something I'm preaching about. This isn't just something I've read about. I'm thankful, Lord, I've been there and I've experienced exactly what the Word of God speaks about. And I pray tonight, Lord, that we wouldn't sit here and just go through the motions, but I pray you'd uh, stir our hearts up. And Lord, I pray these truths that are on these pages that we read would come alive. And Lord, would, would rest in our heart. And Lord, they would, Lord, uh, take root. And Lord, we'd leave here tonight stronger, better, and more ready to serve you. Lord, I love you tonight. I know my days are numbered. Lord, I know that I only have so many more days, Lord, to live here. And I only have so many more times to stand and preach the Word of God. And Lord, once the service is over, it'll be done. And I pray that from now until then, you'd help me. Lord, I want to please you and I want to help your people. And I pray that I would. It's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Verse number 4, the Bible says, But God... But God, this morning I began preaching on this thought, when God butts in, when God butts in. I'm thankful tonight that there was a day in my life where God, He got right down in the middle of my life. Amen. Amen. He didn't stand far off, you know. Over there in the Gospel according to Luke, there's a story about a man that fell uh, by the wayside there. The robbers, they robbed him and they beat him. 
and they left him for dead and the Levite come by and, and uh, the religious man come by and they passed by on the other side. But the Bible says there was a good Samaritan that came by and he didn't go on the other side, but he got down and he picked that man up and put him on his shoulder and he took him to his house and he poured, poured into him wine and oil and he, and he, and he gave him everything he needed to get to, he said, I, he said he gave him everything he needed until he came again. That's exactly what Jesus did for us. We said this morning in verses one through three, that we see the sinners are described and it's our past guilt. And let me tell you tonight, we were a mess before Jesus saved us. I want you to know, even the young child, my children, uh, for the, they've all gotten saved, except for Georgia. She's not yet reached that age of accountability, but at young ages. But I want you to know, they were just as in a bad condition as the one that got saved in the latter days of their life. Because this all, in verses 1 through 3, it de deals with the spiritual depravity of man. And I want you to know uh, this evening that man, the man environment, putting them in a good environment. I mean, listen, you can go and you can... You can take a person that's lost and you can put them in the fanciest house and give them the nicest car. And if they're not saved, they're going to destroy it. They're going to ruin it. But if you listen, the only hope for man is for God to butt in. Amen. Verse 4, though, he says, but God, but God. One man, I believe it was F.B. Meyer, said these little butts in the Bible. He said they are, they are heavenly conjunctions. He said they are small hinges on which great matters turn. And old Paul's right, and he's saying this is what you were. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince, the power of the air, of the spirit that now worketh in the children of, of disobedience. And he says, and you were, in verse 3, he said that uh, uh, among whom we had our conversation of fulfilling the, uh, the desires of the flesh and of the mind. We are by nature the children of wrath. We were on our way to hell. We were going to pay for all that. You understand? We were going to pay for all that. But God, who is rich in mercy, but God, who is rich in mercy, thank God I've got a rich God. Remember, these first three chapters are about riches, but thank God all the riches I have, they're not riches that I earn. There's not riches that I work for, but they're the riches of God in heaven, amen, that He has given unto me. Verses 4 through Six, we see salvation's deliverance. We see our present grace. Look what he says. He says, verse 5, He hath quickened us. And verse 6, And hath raised us. And, and made us. That's all, that's all speaking of something that's already done. Amen. I'm not holding on to the end. You see, we're not, we're not waiting until the judgment day and see if we can get in or not. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that when God butts in and when the grace of God enters into your life, at that moment, at that time, and not only at that moment, and at that time, but for all time, you're forever saved. In fact, if you look up that word, I'm not trying to be fancy. I'm just going to tell you, if you look it up in Strong's, you'll find it's in the aorist tense. And, and if you look up that word, the aorist tense, what it means. I remember I told you this morning, I got a C in grammar, but I, I do remember some of it. And, and Brother Justin, that aorist tense, if you look it up, it means it's an event that happened at a point in time. 
It's an event, but it's not, that's why you ain't always been saved. That's not true. There was a point in time. You might not remember the date, the hour. You may not can rehearse every song that was sung, every word that you pray, but there is a point in time and the effects of that event go on forever and forever. Our present grace. Notice this, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love, wherewith He loved us. I want you to see, first of all, how He regarded us. Remember, remember what we were. We were dead. We were dead. We were, we were deceived. We walked according to the course of this world. We were defiled. We, 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 did, we fed our flesh. We lived according to our, And we were damned. We were children of wrath. We were on our way to hell. Right. But God loved us anyhow. Amen. He regarded us. I want you to know, if God had never loved us, He never would have saved us. The word mercy here where it says who is rich in mercy. Uh, that word mercy there, it means the desire to help or aid one in a miserable state. Amen. That's, the, that's what God, He's rich in mercy. Amen. God's rich in mercy. I mean, listen, when He looks down on fallen man, He loves, and, and, and listen, mercy is what, what moved Him to save us. But love is what constrained Him to save us. He focused His love upon us. And listen, He regarded us. He did not tiptoe through the graveyard or around the graveyard. He didn't look the other way. Oh, but He came down right in the middle of the graveyard and shed His own blood. And so we can be why because he loved us. First John 4 19, we love him because he first loved us. I want you to know tonight I'm 10,000 miles from a hard shell, but salvation begins with God and it ends with God. Amen. And it's all of God in between. It ain't got one thing to do with me. It ain't got one thing to do with you. It ain't got one thing to do with a Baptist or a Presbyterian or a Methodist or a Catholic or anything else. It's got one thing. And when it's God, the Lord, salvation's of the Lord. It's always been of the Lord. And listen to me, a dead man can't save himself. A dead man can't raise himself, but he he loved us. Isn't that amazing? He, loved, he regarded us in our fallen state. You know, it broke God's heart when Adam sinned, but it didn't take him by surprise. Did you, did you know that God had already begun the process of redemption before man had ever fallen? Before the foundation of the world. That's the providence of God. And I want you to know tonight, I'm glad that, man, the world, they don't love us. The world hates us. Jesus said they'll hate you because they hated me. I mean, the world would be happy just to do away with us tonight. They'd be real happy to do away with preachers like myself and others uh, that, that, that preach the gospel and, and preach the Word of God. They'd love, Brother David, just to get us off the scene. Uh, but praise God, one day they're going to get what they want. Amen. We're all going up and going out at the same time. But anyhow, I'm glad God loves me this evening. But He doesn't love me because I'm a preacher. He doesn't love me because I'm a daddy. He doesn't love me because I'm a husband. He he loves me because He loves me. Amen. And there's nothing I'll ever change about that. You know, being a preacher, sometimes you kind of get this, there's a, a complex we get. And, and I know a lot of preachers, we suffer with it. 
and, and you feel like people love you because of what you do. Brother David, there's times the devil will get married and say, if you quit preaching, nobody will have anything to do with you. They only love, they only love you because you preach. That's not true. The devil's a liar. I think some of you would still check on me, but don't worry. I ain't quitting on preaching. I love preaching. If I ain't preaching, I'd be dead. You know, I believe that's the only two options I got. I mean, that's about how plain God made it to me when I was a 17-year-old boy. He said, you either preach or you can die. And I said, I guess I'll preach. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> he didn't force me to, but he made it real hard for me not to. But I'm glad tonight, if I never preach another sermon, if I never stand and do another thing in church, if I never witness to another person, if I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not encouraging that. I want y'all to listen to me. I'm glad the love of God for me will never change. Why is that? Because He loved me when I was dead in my sins. He loved me when I was just a corpse laying in the graveyard of sin. He loved me when I was in that horrible pit in the Mary clay. And He'll never stop loving me. And He'll never stop loving you. He regarded us. Look at verse 5. Not only did He regard us, but He resurrected us. Even when we were dead in sins, our condition did not turn Him away, but it drew Him in. When we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. He raised us up. He raised us up. I mentioned this morning about Lazarus and Jairus' daughter and the son the son of the widow of Nain. And if you read them stories, you'll find how Jesus raised them from the dead. It was by His Word. Only God can resurrect the dead sinner. I want you to know tonight, if you've been made alive in Christ... You've been raised. You've, I mean, you've been resurrected. You've been brought to life. And listen, how does God impart life into the heart of a dead sinner? By the working of regeneration, by the renewing of the Holy Ghost, by, amen, uh, when, when salvation happens. I want you to know it's a miracle. It's a miracle. It, it's not, listen, salvation isn't just nodding your head and raising your hand and saying a few magical words on a card. No, no, no. Oh, it's a divine act. It's a a sovereign act. It's a supernatural act. And at the moment of faith and when faith and repentance are towards God at that moment there's life put into that soul. Amen. Amen. Can you remember when you were made alive in Christ? Amen. Can you remember the old song says, I've got one birth I can't remember and I've got one I can't forget. Amen. I don't remember one thing about December 21st, 1982. They've told me about it. Amen. They brought me home in a Herschel Walker jersey with a Santa Claus hat on my head. That's all. I, but Brother Justin, I don't know it for a fact because all I know is they told me about it. I know it, December 31st, 1998, that I was a dead sinner and the Holy Ghost of God breathed life into my soul. He breathed life into my soul. I've never, I've never been what I ought to be. I'm ashamed of it, to be honest with you. I've never lived up to it. I've never done as much as I ought to do for God. I've never been what I ought to be for God. But I want you to know there's life in me tonight that He put there. And if you're saved tonight, you're no longer dead. He's resurrected you. Amen. And then He's raised us in verse 6 and hath raised us up together. 
It's already done. He didn't just, you know, what did Jesus say to Lazarus? He said, Lazarus, come forth. And he said, loose him and let him go. He could have resurrected us and left us in the graveyard. No, he hadn't done that. He's raised us up. <laughs> From the guttermost to the uttermost. From the lowest to the highest. He didn't just make me come alive. But he said, son, I'm not going to leave you where you are. And by the way, Jesus will never leave a sinner where they are when he saves them. Amen. You'll never be the same once you meet Jesus. He'll change you. He'll make you a new creature in Christ. Amen. I'm glad he didn't leave me in the graveyard. He didn't leave me in the grave clothes. Uh, But he raised us up together. Amen. Uh, Brought us up and brought us out. Amen. Thank God he brought me out of that sinful place. He brought me out of that destitute place called the graveyard of sin raised us. He resurrected us. Verse 6 he says raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now there's a lot of debate about this heavenly place. There's two sides. I'm not going to give you the argument on both ones. One side of it says, this is talking about heavenly places. It talks about the victory we have in salvation. The place that we abide in Christ where there's joy. Amen. There's love, peace, forgiveness, holiness, all these things. Then there's others that mean it speaks of the heavenly places where Christ is seen. I want to say this. I believe both are true. But 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 that's not what I, I don't want to really... I don't want to... Talk just, I got a little bit of time. I don't want to waste any more of it. I want to talk just for a minute about that word, see it. See it. It implies peace, it it implies rest. So, not only did he regard us and he resurrected us and he raised us, but he's rested us. Amen. The Bible says Jesus has sat down on the right hand of our. And he's resting. What's he resting in? His finished work. His work's done. He's resting in the, the, the act of redemption, the what he done on Calvary. He's resting in that. What are we resting in? The finished work of the cross. Amen. <laughs> How can we sit? You see, we're no longer going to and fro or worried and trying to figure out how am I going to get in? How am I going to make it? How how can I be saved? But no, He's made us to sit down, to rest in His finished work. Amen. Listen, the work's done. I don't have to work. Jesus did a work for me and I rest in that work. In the cross is where we rest. In the blood that He shed for us. Amen. And He's made us to sit with Him in those heavenly places. Amen. We may be tossed to and fro in life. We may be pulled here and there. We may be turned upside down as far as our state here in this world that we live in. Remember the first uh, chapter, the first verse, He said to the saints which are at Ephesus and in Christ Jesus. We're in Ephesus. Amen. We're at Ephesus, but we're in Christ Jesus. We're in Mayfield, Kentucky. Uh, uh, We're at Mayfield, Kentucky, but praise God, we're in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
gas right now. And down here, it may be, I mean, turned upside down. I mean, gas might get $5 a gallon. I don't know. It makes me, <laughs> it troubles me every time I see a gas station and a gas pump. Uh, listen, but I'm glad that it, it might go to $100 a gallon. But praise God, I can have rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ and know that it's well with my soul. Amen. That the part, the payment's been made. Uh, my sins have been atoned. And I'm going to heaven when I die. That's rest. Rest in us. Look in verse 7. Then the ages to come. Then the ages to come. Now verse 2, he says, in times past. That's our past guilt. Sinners describe. Verse 5. Hath quickness. That's our present grace. Present grace. But in verse 7, he says, that in the ages to come, that's promised glory. And we see the sovereign design of our salvation. He said, verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. The best is yet to come. Remember I told you this is a biography of every believer? If you want to write a spiritual biography of yourself, this is exactly... Now, the story is going to be... You may... The, 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 you understand the illustrations will change for every person, but, the, but it's the same things. Where you were, where you are, and where you're going. Where was I? I was in the graveyard of sin. Where am I? I'm set, I'm set down in heavenly places in Christ. Where am I going? The ages to come. Amen. You know, these uh, people, these Bibles, they, I, I thank God for Bible students and scholars and theologians and commentators, but some of them, they act like they've got it all figured out. I got news to you, for you tonight. There's things they don't know nothing about. You know, I believe in ages and dispensations in the Bible, and I believe in order to rightly divide it, you've got to understand the Old Testament, the New Testament, the, the, the age of innocence, the, 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 the dispensation of the law, the dispensation. I believe it's important, and, I, and if y'all want, we'll talk about that. But I'm telling you what, tonight, there's, dispens, there's ages to come that Bible theologians know nothing about. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's to come, uh, Brother Justin, after the new heaven and the new earth. I don't know what's to come after that Jerusalem comes down as a bride adored. I don't know what all's to come in the ages to come. But I know one thing, I'm going to be there. <laughs> Amen. And I know this, he's going to hold me in his hand. And he's going to show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards me. None of this has happened on accident or by coincidence. But according to the sovereign will of God, is what Paul writes here. Why? Here, I want you to see God's purpose for me or for you or for us. Let's do that. That in the ages to come, why did he do all this? In the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us <coughs> through Christ Jesus. You know what God's, what's his purpose for me and for you is? In the ages to come, he's going to hold us up. He's going to say, look what my grace did for him. Look what my grace did for her. Amen. Let me tell you something. When we get in these ages to come, he's going to show. In fact, there, I, I was reading and, and in the Old Testament, when they, built the, uh, ta- when they built the temple, they made it out of acacia wood. Now, if you look up acacia wood, you'll find it's, it's not pretty to look at. It's twisted. It's gnarly. 
I mean, it, it ain't, it's not, it's not, I mean, you know, it ain't no oak. And so, I mean, this is, it's not what you would typically use to build. But Brother Aaron, they took that acacia wood, and you know what they did? They encased it in gold. And they used that, those board, those golden boards to build the walls of the temple. And when people walked by, they couldn't see that twisted, that gnarly, uh, that crooked wood. They, all they could see is that glimmering, uh, that glistening gold that encompassed that wood. And I want you to know in the ages to come, that people aren't going to see my past and things I've done. They're not going to see our fallen condition. They're going to see the, great, the grace of God uh, that surrounded us and enclosed our lives. The ages to come, we're going to be God's trophies. God's purpose for us in verse 8 through 9, we see God's plan with us. For by grace are you saved through faith. Not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of words, so any man should boast. Quickly here, I want to give you something that'll help you now. There's three prepositions here that can help you to understand salvation. Here they are. Verse 8, by, through, and in verse number 10, unto. If you can understand these three words, you can understand salvation. By grace, through faith. We're not saved by faith. We're saved through faith. By grace, through faith, unto good works. Now, it says in verse, verse number 8, For by grace we say faith is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. What's this have to do with God's plans for us? God's plan with us is this, that He gets all the glory from our salvation, lest any boast. All of grace. You can read about it, Romans 4, 4. It's either of grace or it's of works. It can't be of both. And, and if it's of works, then God's a, you're, God owes you salvation. God's a debtor to no man. It's not of works, folks. It's of grace. All of grace. If you had a 10,000 link chain, I mean, 10,000, and I'm talking about not no little, I mean, it, not some Harbor Freight chain. I'm talking about one of them guns. I'm talking about, I mean, you know, hardened Pittsburgh steel chain links. And Brother Justin, you had one paper link. That chain would break. And once you know, our salvation doesn't have any weak links in it. From the first link to the last link, and every link in between, it's the grace of God. I hate to bust your bubble, but this is true. The best 15 minutes of living you've ever done ain't good enough to get you in heaven. Not to mention the worst 15 minutes. Amen. More like 15 years. If we'd all be honest, we've done a whole lot more wrong than we've done right. All these people that want to balance the scales out, and let me—I'm going to throw another good work, and maybe I'll, maybe I'll get in, maybe I'll make. It. Don't you know you can't make it over in and of and by yourself? For why? It's by grace. What is grace? Grace is unmerited favor. It's great. It's God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is this. It's God extending His hand down to a fallen sinner. It's God reaching down and saying, "I'll save you." But we're not saved just by grace. We're saved through faith. What is faith? Faith is us reaching up and taking God by the hand. Amen. Uh, uh, this, that's why I believe in irresistible grace. I believe that if you don't exercise faith, if you don't, if you don't put your faith in the Lord. Now there's some Calvinists they use this to teach that faith is come, it's the gift too. So it's really not. But I want you to know he's not talking about the gift of God. The gift of God he's talking about is salvation. Because the next verse says, not of works the same as most we know. Anyway, I'm gonna focus back on. Here we go. 
Drew, God's plan with my life and your life is to get glory from it. When we get to heaven, we're not going to say, well, I taught Sunday school. If somebody comes and says, how'd you make it? By the way, the angels, they're inquiring. I believe we're going to have some talks with them and talk to them about it because they don't even understand it. How'd you make it? Well, I, I taught Sunday school. I tithed. I gave missions offerings. I only missed a few services here and there. You know, when I was sick, had work, whatever. I was a good person. I loved my husband or my wife. I loved my kids. I was a good neighbor. That's not what it's going to be. It's going to be one thing, the grace of God. Amen. What grace is, it means if God had not had grace, then we'd still be dead. Right. But he showed grace. Amen. The Bible says he's the God of grace. And he's rich in grace. And thank God that uh, God's plan with us is for him to get all the glory. And by the way, we shouldn't try to take glory down here either. When someone comes to church and they've never been, been in church a day in their life, and they come in and, they, and they're lost and they're on their way to hell and they're rough and ragged, if you and I, we should have compassion on them. We should have love for them. We shouldn't think we're any better than them. We should be willing to give them our seat. We should be willing to give them our parking spot. We should be willing to, because you and I, the only thing between us and them is the grace of God. That's it. It's it. It's the grace of God. If God hadn't shown grace to me, I'd be, I'd be in that same condition. But thank God for grace. God's plan with us. Verse 10. For His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God foreordained that we should walk in them. We see God's purpose for us, God's plan with us, but here's God's praise from us. What is God's praise from us when we are what He's made us to be? And when we do what He made us to do. Those three words, I said it, by, through, unto. Now, let me ask you this. Can you have fire without heat? No. But can you have heat without fire? Okay. You can have works and not have faith. But you can't have faith and not have works. Faith works. Now, I hope that makes sense. Faith is the fire. Works is the heat. What he is saying here is we are created in Christ unto good works. So by grace, through faith, unto good works. Not of works, but unto good works. Right. He didn't save us to go back to the graveyard, put on the grave clothes, jump in the ground, and lay there and act like we're dead again. No, he didn't save us. That. He saved us so we'd walk for him, that we'd walk as he ordained that we should walk and work. You know, somebody made this pulpit. I don't know who made it. Somebody made it. I like this pulpit. It suits me kind of, I kind of like the way it is. And, but Brother Justin, somewhere there was a man who had a vision for this. He had a plan for this. He had a purpose for this. He didn't make this for, for, to be a, a carpenter's bench. He, he didn't make this to be a, a decorative piece of furniture in someone's living room. He made this for this purpose, for it to be used as a place for the Word of God to be preached from. And I believe that everyone that's saved, there is a divine design for each individual and there is a work that He wants us to do and He's created us for that work. Right. Every one of us. Right. Where's workmanship? 
Created in Christ Jesus. Here's, I'm done. God is praised when I walk in the good works that He has made me to do. Think about that. It, it brings praise to Him. And, and, and not only that, we're going to be praising Him for a long time. When we get to heaven, we're going to praise Him while the ages roll. We're going to praise Him because one day or one night or one morning or one afternoon on a Sunday or a Wednesday or a Monday, whenever it was, God butted into our lives. He intervened. He cut us off. There was a divine intervention. He met with us and He, and he reached down in grace and we reached up by faith. Amen. And when, when faith takes a hold of grace, life enters into the soul and, and, and He made us a new creature to work for Him, to serve him and one day we're going to thank him for it all. Amen.